Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lammy. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. I watch American Idol. I don't need to be anything other than a prison guard son. Let's get this show rolling. 60 seconds. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. <laughs> I had to do it. Hello, everybody, and good evening. Welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. We have a big show lined up. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Mr. Michael Trent. Michael, we got a big show lined up, and we are going to try to wheel and deal our way to a dynasty trade tonight. Hey, uh, I'll tell you what, Scott, uh, sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, by the way, I was you told me, wait on this intro. Oh, it's, it, this could be tough, but that was pretty good, my brother. Pretty good. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, so that means that I, I might like the wheel and deal on a trade that uh, might happen in uh, Dynasty football, Scott. Well, I'm going to pull up our league here tonight. I'm going to have it up. We are destined uh, and we are determined to make a Dynasty trade tonight. Uh, Mike and uh, I are in a league. It's the hyperactive lead run by Ryan McDowell, uh, one good guy that uh, runs some very highly competitive Dynasty leagues. Matter of fact, these leagues are so competitive, guys, we have – competitive rules in place 
where you have to show up to the site every so often. I think the, the, the rule states that during the offseason you have to show up to the site at least once every two weeks. Otherwise, you're booted out. Uh, you got to show up, you got to look at your offers, and you got to you got to keep the smack alive. Uh, but everybody, we're uh, we're glad to join you. It is uh, Friday night here, as always, on Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Friday, February thirteenth, uh, guys. I hope you have your cards. Like I said on the intro, your uh, your candy, your flowers, uh, whatever you got to do, you got to do it from the heart. You got to make it count because tomorrow is the day uh, where you make or break it. Uh, for at least a good couple of weeks, anyway. So, uh, I'm, your host, I'm your host, Scott Atkins, uh, aka Team Legacy in the world of online and high stakes fantasy football. Uh, Mike's been a high stakes player with me for years in the National Fantasy Football Championship, and uh, we've ran the show the last couple of months here. We've had a lot of fun during the season. We've uh, we have a couple of hundred downloads every week of our show, which is uh, real nice to see. We were featured early on on Blog Talk Radio. And thanks to the guys on thefantasysportschannel.com, Mark Ronick and the guys in the gang there, uh, we are streaming live at thefantasysportschannel.com. If you have iTunes, uh, you go to your iTunes player, open it up, pull up the radio link in your upper left-hand corner. Uh, You can also then see Fantasy Sports, and Blog Talk Radio is right there. So we're streaming live on your iTunes uh, anytime you miss the show, you can come on uh, to blogtalkradio.com slash red versus blue. You can click on the download for the podcast, and you can download it to your iPod or MP3 player. So it makes it real easy to listen to us, and, and uh, if you miss us, that's okay. We still like to have you. Uh, we also encourage all of our listeners to check out our, uh, you know, click us as a favorite uh, so, you, so we can get that email reminder once every week before the show so you don't forget about us. And, uh, you know, leave the feedback. Uh, we really appreciate that. That helps us grow uh, our opportunities here on the Blog Talk Radio and provide a better show for you guys. So uh, the topics we're going to talk tonight, Mike, are pretty broad, pretty varied. We've got a lot going on. We are going to talk dynasty wide receiver value tonight. Uh, obviously, we could have went running backs, quarterbacks, uh, but, but most of the action uh, in these high-stakes leagues, Mike, our points per reception league. So wide receivers are the new running backs in, the, in in fantasy football. So let's talk some dynasty wide receivers. Yeah, it's it's become that way, Scott. Uh, it seems like that, you know, the evolution of change, so to speak. Uh, running backs were the uh, – they were the topic uh, for, you know, weeks and weeks and for a few years. Uh, but now it's, it's become the uh, wide receivers. Uh, we've got uh, – We've got a ton of wide receivers that were uh, rock solid, that were you could depend on, one, two, three, four, five, and that's about it. But now it's gotten to the point where uh, you can really dig deep into your Vincent Jacksons and uh, come up with uh, players like that that will, you know, that will benefit you in uh, in, in dynasty sports, uh, especially because. You know, you're dealing with these guys for, uh, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years. Um, Anquan Bowden, what he's going through in Arizona, that's going to be a big mess. Uh, but it may come out good. It may not. You know, who knows? Uh, Marquez Colston, uh, he's top tier. Obviously, Andre Johnson, Brandon Marshall, uh, they're coming, are, uh, two of your top tier receivers, along with uh, Fitzgerald, which he just did. He, he went completely nuts uh, but then yeah <laughs> but you but you go down the line and and how can you discount uh players like uh roddy white 
uh, Anthony Gonzalez, who is an up-and-comer in the Indy system that just continues, their system continues to work for receivers and tight ends. Uh, how do you discount him? Deshaun Jackson, there's another one. You know, just scratching the surface, just scratching yeah. the surface. Steve Breston just scratching the surface. Donnie Avery. I mean, you can go on down the line with wide receivers, and you know, I just, I just hit on a few, and it, it's, it's amazing how many wide receivers are out there and how few running backs are out there. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun tonight. We've got uh, some action in the chat room too. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of new guest waiver junkies. We've got Leroy Aces from the FFPC.com. Thanks for joining us, Dave. And uh, we're going to talk dynasty wide receivers tonight. Now, uh, it seems like the more I go around uh, and, and check out rankings, they're, they're the consensus top three. And we're, we're, we're not going to talk a lot about these guys because these guys' trade values are real high. But uh, for consensus top three, if you can get your hands on one of these guys, if you don't have them already, you're going to pay a premium price right now. But it's Andre Johnson, Fitzgerald, and Calvin Johnson. Uh, those guys are your, your, your perennial powerhouses right now at the very top, the elite wide receivers. You're talking about the LTs and the Marshall Falks of running backs. Those guys are your elite wide receivers right now because, uh, you know, you notice that in dynasty football we're not talking about the Randy Mosses. Uh, we're not talking about the Terrell Owens because no. the, their, their, their time has come and gone. And, and while they may have elite seasons, uh, it's not uh, – you're limited. And, and in dynasty – You'd like to look at least three years out, if not sometimes if your team is loaded five and seven years out uh, for your, uh, your your dynasty trading decisions. Um, so we're always looking at youth. We're looking at the age of the player uh, is, a, is a real important aspect. And and then we look at just, you know, overall performance, what, what, what type of uh, team they're on, what quarterback they have thrown to them. Those are all factors that, uh, you know, account for dynasty rankings. Uh, it really doesn't matter who throws to A.J. It doesn't matter who throws to Calvin Johnson. He's a monster. And Fitzgerald, you know, he, uh, we haven't seen him uh, do anything other than Warner, but uh, he, he's elite regardless. We know that. Um, and another thing, another thing, Scott, is uh, you, you have to uh, really put into account stability of the organization that they play for. Uh, I love Calvin Johnson. I mean, I think Calvin Johnson is definitely a top three but what separates Calvin Johnson uh, from, say, uh, uh, Brandon, Mar- Brandon Marshall could be uh, stability in the organization, what's going on uh, with that team. But uh, it's a very short window. You're exactly right. You've got about a three-, five-year window that you're looking at when you're getting the especially young players, uh, when you're going to draft them this year come, uh, come late April, early May, after the uh, draft is over with, uh, you've got about a three, five-year window, and if you can catch lightning in a bottle, you're good to go. And especially with wide receivers, you're good to go until they're, what, uh, 32, 33, if they stay healthy. And, and that's a big if, obviously. We are talking dynasty wide receivers, and we've got a nice crew in the chat room going already talking. And one of the questions that Dr. Disk brings up in the chat room, and we're going to address this, why not Randy Moss? Uh, Randy Moss, Mike, you know, obviously he's an elite receiver, uh, but he's 32 and a half, going on 33 by the time the season starts. And so, just how long can a player play and play at a high level is the question. Terrell Owens is 35, going on 36. Uh, you know, so you, you look at that 35 range is about uh, you know the time where receivers, if the, if they're elite, 
uh, physical specimens, they're going to start breaking down around there regardless. Heinz Ward is 33 going on 34. Uh, you look around the league and, and, and look at Donald Driver going on 35, Derek Mason going on 36. These are all guys that you know are near the end of their career. So if you're grabbing them, you're, you're hoping for that playoff push, that one year of magic in a bottle. Marvin Harrison is the anomaly, right, in the league. I mean, he didn't take any hits all his yeah. whole career. And he's 37, and he's done. So the fact that Owens uh, is, is right around that range, 35, 36, and you've got Moth up there, uh, heading for that at 32 well, and a half, I'll tell you what. Three. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Terrell Owens in that uh, celebrity NBA game. Uh, he nailed uh, two threes, and uh, he he got up and down the court time. Of course, that's obviously a big difference in uh, running the 80-yard route. But uh, I think a lot of those questions that you were just asking, Scott, will be covered uh Come uh, late April, when those teams, your New England Patriots, uh, your Dallas Cowboys, obviously, as far as uh, um, wide receivers goes, the teams that need wide receivers, how how desperate are they, or or how how much in need are they? Will New England go after a wide receiver, say in a round or a round two or round three, you know, that early to uh, solidify? What happens yeah. when the guys get older? Um, yeah. The age, the age factor is, I mean, it's it's a definite factor. But then again, if the professionals are the professionals, then they work in the off season. They come back, they do it again, just like a Jerry Rice, so to speak. And so, you know, that that's hard to say. Uh, Randy Moss, he could be an effective dynasty fantasy football player for you know three, four, five more years. But Doubt it. then again, Doubt it. it could be only one or two more years. Yeah, and, and I think when you look at Moss and just uh, the average life of a wide receiver, again, Marvin Harrison is the exception to the rule, uh, and he wanted to play out his career. Usually when those guys get about 35, they're done. So if you get two more years out of Randy Moss, that's great. They'll, be, they'll very likely be elite years with Tom Brady back, but you've got two years. So uh, you have to look at your team composition. You, you look at your makeup and say, can I win a title right now if I can't? If I really don't feel strong, you look at the rest of the teams in your league, then you pass on even owning a Randy Moss. Forget the ranking. It's not somebody that you need to go look for. You need to build for you know, longer term and down the road. And, and so you want to have use because if your team's not there yet and you're in a building stage, you want to have a guy that if it takes you two or three years to get your team where it needs to be, um, you, know, uh, you, you want somebody like a Dwayne Bowe on your team at 25 years of age. Um, you know, you want somebody there like Brandon Marshall at 25, 26 years of age. Those are guys that will be there in five years for, a, you know, and, and, and on a long time, probably play for 10 years for you. And if, if, well, exactly. at least not, you know, eight. So, you know, I've got so, my hands right here. I've got my hands, my top 10 wide receivers, and we're going to talk about them and release them. And, Mike, if you want to comment, we also have a question in the chat room. We're going to just go ahead and jump right to it. Is Chad Johnson a good buy low? And, Mike, I'll let you comment on that in a second. But when I look at Chad Johnson and, and I see Ocho Cinco here, he's uh, 31 going on 32. And, uh, you know, obviously depends on a, on, a, on a team. He needs to be on a team where he feels like he's wanted because, obviously, he proved that if he has a bad quarterback throwing to him, he's not going to play, and he's not going to play well. You, know, you showed that last year when Hoosh Manzada, conversely, and Hoosh, he plays well with a bad quarterback all year, still puts up his 90 and 1,000 and, and, you know, 
if he had played those last couple of games, he'd have been a top ten wide receiver again. So if you ask me if Chad's a good buy low, uh, it, it depends on the context. I mean, would I would I trade an Antonio Bryant for him? Probably. Would I trade a, a Jericho Cotri for him? Probably. If I you know if, if somebody will give me you know give me him for him, uh, uh, I wouldn't. But but other than that, I'm hanging on to a Vincent Jackson. I'm hanging on yeah. to a Lee Evans, and I'm hanging on to a San Antonio Holmes. Those are guys I will hang on to over a Chad Johnson. Yeah, um, I mean, Chad Johnson, uh, he he basically didn't do anything last year uh, because, you know, his makeup, that that's just a makeup. Uh, Husmanzada, he stepped up last year when he had to because, I mean, he had to and noticed that uh, Chad wasn't. And I'm not saying that either guy is better than the other. Uh, when you're talking about uh, dynasty things like this, uh, dynasty rankings, uh, I would put, uh, obviously, Husmanzato above of uh, uh, Chad Johnson right now because just of the simple fact that Husmanzato will go out there and he'll play. He'll play his heart out, and you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get when the whistle blows at 1 or 4 or 4.15. You know what you're going to get. And out of uh, Chad, you just don't know what you're going to get. All right, we've got the rankings. We're going to unveil them right here. We're also, I want to also give the crew a, a rundown here. Uh, we are going to talk top free agents uh, tonight. We've got top free agents by quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. Uh, we also want to talk about the Jets quarterback position. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk about some of these free agents out there. And, and for example, if you want to stay tuned, we're going to talk about T.J. Husmanzada and the teams that he possibly might land on. We're going, to, we're going to touch on a little bit of Michael Vick just to get that conversation started up again. And uh, you know what? We've got uh, some FFPC news uh, announced with that poker tourney. Stay tuned for that. We're going to touch on that a little bit. But let's get back to the Dynasty wide receiver rankings. We're going to talk running backs next week. Dynasty wide receiver rankings. Here we go. Rolling them off. Number one with Andre Johnson. Number two with Fitz. Number three with Calvin. Those are guys that I don't think you can argue with in Dynasty. Nope. The reason why, I, obviously, I have Calvin is there is is just the, the beast that he is. Uh, I'm counting on a quarterback this year in the draft, too. I'm counting on a Matt Stafford, uh, the Lions using that number one pick on a quarterback like a Matt Stafford, just a, a pure pocket passer with a rocket arm. You know, uh, that could be a, a nice combination there for Calvin, and, and he's just a dominating physical speed demon, just everything. Nope. He's a total package. Don't know if you'll right. see that, Scott. Don't know if you'll see that, but continue on because I, I just, you know, I thought uh, the NFL caught lightning in a bottle again, as I yep. like to use that term, but uh, right. with uh, Matt Ryan they, right. and, uh, you know, Joe Flacco, I, I don't know if that's going to happen with Stafford, but it could. It might not be, but I think how this, I think how we always see the draft unfold every year is as the days get closer and the time approaches, they start, like you said, that lightning in the bottle. They're looking for that, and Stafford fits the bill. It's just going to take him a little time to impress, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But here we go. We've got the top three. And now number four, at 26 years of age, I have him higher than most, uh, Marquez Colston with the Saints. I think it, when you have a combination of Drew Brees, a, a franchise player that's, that's going to retire uh, in New Orleans, he'll play there for the next, uh, well, I mean, he's going to be there for quite a long time. I don't know, four, six, seven years probably. I mean, he's going to play there for a while. He's only 30 years old, so I could see him playing to 36 or so, you know, kind of like a Peyton Manning will probably through another six years. He's, and he's, got, he's under contract for 2011. 
that bodes well for Marquez Colson. He showed me plenty to deserve that type of a ranking. And Good angle. If, I like that. If other teams have him where the consensus is, other the, the, the rest of the gang I've seen, most of the rankings have him around the 11, 12, 13 range. I have him at number four. I feel like he's elite right there at the top. And so I, I think these next six or seven, eight guys are all interchangeable, to be honest. So let, let, let's just list them. Colston, Marshall. Uh, Bolden, regardless of where he goes, he's only 28 years old, so t- you're going to get at least another five, six great years out of Bolden. I've got Reggie Wayne up there. you you got to leave Reggie Wayne. He's 31, but you still, four years of Reggie Wayne is going to be some impressive numbers you can count on. Just book it, top ten. You don't have any worries of of, of that with, with Peyton there. Uh, I've got Jennings. I've got Roddy. I've got Steve Smith, and I've got Dwayne Bow. All these guys right up at the top. Now, you'll notice I left out Braylon Edwards. Mr. Dropsies and Randy Moss, <laughs> and Randy Moss. That and most folks have Randy a lot higher, but I just want to see what Brady's all about. Even if I mean with Castle there, I know, but Moss is getting up there. He's 33, and I just don't have that trade value. I tend to favor the younger guys, Mike. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I do too, and uh, I love your list. Uh, I would switch around uh, probably Marshall in front of Colston. But Colston is rock solid, so there's no way I can make a uh, a strong case for for moving one here or there. Uh, I love your list, Scott. It, it really sounds uh, rock solid, uh, especially with the young guys. You know, you you got wide receivers you're talking about that are 23, 24 years old that uh, for seven years you you know you can rely on them for seven years, and and that's you know that's pretty awesome to say. And that's nothing against Reggie Wayne because Reggie Wayne, he'll be around for, you know, as long as he wants to be. But uh, right. let's face it, the, the the sun is coming down and uh, it's time for the it's time for you dynasty owners and everybody out there to look at the sun coming up and uh, get on those players that, uh, that that are doing that, that are coming alive. What about Lance Moore? I mean, that, that's Lance. just a flyer, but what about Lance Moore? What, what, Lance. Where would you throw him? Lance is an intriguing prospect. I own him in a lot of my leagues. He's 26 years of age. Uh, but, again, we've seen him in a system in New Orleans. I haven't seen him uh, without Drew Brees, and we don't know what the contracts, uh, if, if, if he's a keeper for New Orleans with, with Robert Meacham in the mix there. I don't, you don't know what, what's going to happen with Lance Moore, if he's going to demand the big money. We're unsure if New Orleans will be willing to pay that if he has another good year. So, I'm kind of tentative with him right now. He's in my mid twenties right now because I just there's just too many question marks. I would deal him for the right guy that I know where what what he's capable of in an offense. Um, you know, an Antonio Bryant that performs in Tampa Bay with a Jeff Garcia throwing to him. I mean that that's saying something. Lance had that. I mean Lance is in a great situation. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but if if he ends up elsewhere, what does he do? And those are the types of questions you ask yourself when you're in a dynasty league in the off season. I prefer to have a guy like an Eddie Royal, uh, somebody that I've seen right off the bat that's looked fantastic, a San Antonio Holmes, a young guy that I really wanted to find a place for, but I just want I just want to see a you know just a little bit more before I vault him into my top ten. He's in my he's in my top fifteen, but you know can San Antonio Holmes is he the type of guy that can make it in the top fifteen or in the top ten when Hines Ward you know you know goes off for the sunset. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Uh, I had uh, the, the the one I didn't get any response on. Mike was Greg Jennings. Uh, I thought I'd get a little rise yeah. from some from some from you there because I've got him number eight 
overall, just after Bolden and Reggie Wayne, I've got Greg Jennings, and, and you know, these are after names like Roddy White and Steve Smith. Uh, what do you think right. about Greg Jennings right there? Well, I'll tell you what, he fits right in that spot, um, you know, because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty good year. Uh, Greg Jennings had a pretty good year. Um, and could these guys be gelling? Could they really be coming together? Uh, you know, they, they're they starting to get a running attack together. So, uh, I, you know, Greg Jennings could be uh, – I mean, he could be – he could be a very solid. I've got him seven on mine. I, I mean, I've got uh, I've got my own list, and uh, I've got Greg Jennings seven. Um, and then uh, another one that I'm not. Did you touch on uh, Deshaun Jackson? No, I, I don't. I don't have him on my top fifteen, but he's right there. Uh, you know, I don't have him on, on my top fifteen. I got him eighteen, and uh, you know that that's another one that uh, just is right there, but. Uh, you know, I think this is a wonderful topic that I hope uh, a lot of dynasty owners are uh, listening and uh, taking notice to and really think about as we move into what I call the silly season of uh, hyper, or not hyperactive, but, well, hyperactive, but the silly season of uh, dynasty football is the right. trading season because uh, this is when you kind of make some moves before uh, lately. Mike, you're cutting out on us. I'm not sure uh, if, if that's a phone problem. You might have to dial back in. But uh, the number is 347-324-5404. We're talking dynasty-wide receivers in the offseason. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, after my after my top ten, I didn't mention, but, uh, you know, we've got Dwayne Bowe. Wes Welker uh, is somebody that when I look at, man, he's just a reception machine. Uh, at 28 years of age, you've got to figure he's good for another five, six years, and and no reason for the Patriots to to get rid of him. No, you know, and as long as Tom Brady is there, if not Castle, I mean, Welker's going to get the ball, and move the chains. He's a guy that you have to consider right there in your top ten. I'd pay top dollar for him as well. Uh, Braylon with the dropsies, Randy Moss right there, Eddie Royals, Antonio Holmes, Der- uh, Deshaun Jackson. Then I've got a group of guys that, you know, obviously I don't I don't want any part of the Trello ones. I just don't want anything to do with him. So I just throw him out and I don't I won't own him on any of my teams. Uh maybe a mistake, but maybe not. I uh I like this group here. This little group here could do something. You've got Vincent Jackson, Jericho Cotri, Anthony Gonzalez, and Donnie Avery. Donnie Avery, I knew you were gonna say that one. Absolutely. Donnie Avery, he he's gonna be uh he should be rock solid for St. Louis and a young and uh, all those guys you talked about, Scott, are young and they love the end zone. They've already proven it. And the guys in the chat room were talking about Eddie Royal um, uh, with, with that offense and Cutler uh, going deep uh, over and over again. He, he, you know, Avery did the same thing. He was going deep. If you can put a quarterback in St. Louis, Avery is going to burn those corners. He's just too fast. And uh, you know that's another that's another good thing, Mike. You didn't notice we haven't we haven't said the word Tory Holt not one time because he's yeah. 33 years of age. He'll be 34 by the time the season starts. So you might get a year or two out of him tops. You've got guys like Ted Ginn that are 24 years of age that have another 10 years to go of play. I mean, how how much better will these guys get? Here's another how about one. another golfer. What about Greg Camarillo? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's one of those guys. I just haven't seen enough to to put him at, at this type of discussion right here. But let's talk about Husman Zada. I mean, 
31 years of age again, uh, going on 32, but two or three good years left. Let's talk about Hoosh Mazzotti. He's a free agent. If, if, if the Bengals decide to franchise him, which he's asked them not to do, then, you know, it's a different ball of wax there with Palmer. I mean, you know what he's going to do for you. But I, I, I wrote down a list, and I said, which teams could Hoosh Mazzotti be the number one, the true number one to? And it's a pretty long list, Mike. It's like 15, yeah. 16, half the teams in the leagues. I want you to tell me which team you could see Hoosh Mazzotti going to and turning that team into a contender. Here you go. Wow. You, you just okay. Tell me yes, you tell me yes or no to the to the, to okay. the team when when I hear it. Buffalo Bills. No. Miami Dolphins. Mm, yes. Maybe a yes. That's a maybe. <laughs> maybe New York Jets. Uh no. Ravens. No. Jaguars. Yes. Big yes. That's my big yes, too, man. I could see with Hoosmazada with, with and Gerard, uh, uh-huh. compliment Maurice Jones-Drew, that would be a lot of fun. Dr. Dish just mentioned in the chat room, my next team, Tennessee. Uh, that's, a, that's a good maybe. No, 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 no. Why not? I don't know who's going to play quarterback. Is it going to be Collins? Okay. If okay. it is Collins, then that's fine. Collins Fair throws enough. a really good deep ball, and no. Nah. Fair enough. Where receivers and all players go to die? Oakland. No. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. You could see him going to San Diego and changing things up there, huh? I mean, they've got Vincent he, Jackson. Uh, well, he'd be the two on the other side but, with Chambers. Yeah, he would end up. He would be the two uh, behind. Uh, Vincent Jackson, and let's face it, Vincent Jackson, he's going to be doubled uh, every time they get the ball. But uh, the one thing about San Diego that people fail to realize, and I know the guy's getting old, but LT and Darren Sproles, that that, that combo at running back's not done, so that's going to open up a lot of things. I don't know if San Diego's scary next year, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think Gates is the one that can move the ball. When he's healthy, he's the chain mover like Hoos, so you don't really need another chain mover. You have those deep threats in Jackson and Chambers, and then you've got Gates to move the chains and Sproles with his speed. I think we're okay. I don't think they need to spend the money. This is a team that has yeah. to spend money on a wide receiver. That's why I go back to the Jaguars. They spent all that Jacksonville. money. Jacksonville. And what they get for Jerry Porter and what they get for, you know, 12 Williamson. Yeah. And it, it was just a mess there. I mean, you got Matt Jones coming back. But here we go. The New York football Giants. No. I don't, I don't think uh... – I don't. I, I, that's not a good fit for Tom Coughlin. Nope. Not gonna. Not gonna go pair with Eli. Okay. Philadelphia. Very possibly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like what, what, what's like Kevin that. Curtis's status? That's my second pick. Uh, Kevin Curtis. I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's healthy. I think he'll be there next year. He's. Um, he's 31 years of age. I'm not sure what the contract is though. Not sure what the contract. So is Hoos is 31 too, isn't he? Uh, no, Hoos is a little bit older. He, yeah, he's going to be 32. Yeah, he's 31. Okay, Chicago. He would not go there. Okay. If I was his agent, I would beg for him not to go there. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> they got Matt Forte, and they got no quarterback to throw it to him. I, I, I'm looking at this from an agent standpoint. Minnesota. Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, 
All right. Tampa Bay. No. New coach. New coach. Doesn't doesn't want any part of Hoos Manzada, huh? No. No. Well, I, I can see him being an automatic leader in Tampa. Uh, so I don't know. I, I kind of like that play. San Francisco. Uh, let's see. They got rid of uh, Mike Moore. Yeah, Bruce. It's they brought Bruce in. Frank Gore. Nah, nah, nah. No. And what about maybe Seattle? Very possibly. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's just, just kind of ugly down there. I don't know what would make that team, you know, sound better. But so yeah, consensus for me really is the Jaguars and Philly. I could see him, and then I also like yeah. to throw in Tampa Bay as kind of my dark horse pick because. I can see him being a leader, and it seems like they need a leader. I don't know if Antonio Bryant is a is a leader on that offense. And no, I, I, I agree with I I totally agree with you there, Scott. I, I don't think Antonio Bryant's a leader on that offense, and maybe they do need a leader. They need and one thing about it, uh, you know, when you see uh, the Bengals games, Husmanzada uh, is very very uh, demonstrative. I mean, he 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 shows himself, and and he. He shows it to the team, but in the right way. Uh, so maybe that would be some for Tampa Bay. Maybe I could throw Tampa Bay in on the list there. Well, the other thing is you have to be willing to dish out the bucks for a wide receiver, and Philadelphia just has said time and time again, every year that comes up, nope, we're not doing it. Nope, it's not important to us. Nope, we don't throw yeah. money at wide receivers. <laughs> we're a system here that just throws them in there, but – and, and they succeed with it. So, I, you know, I can't fault them. Maybe that's their their working strategy. But, you know, I'm looking for somebody that will pay for a wide receiver. And the, the, the fact, like the Giants, you know, they don't want a head case. They don't want a Chad Johnson or, a, 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 a you know, a plaxical burst type in there. They want a role model type guy to come in there and play. But, uh, you know, they're, they're really panning it out with the ground game. I don't know if Hoos is that guy that fits in there and, and so I think it's I think I think the Jags would be a good fit if they have the money. Um, I would just dump Porter while you can. Yeah, that was just a big mistake. And well, I think they then, did cut him. Did they? Did they finally cut him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's one topic. Let's move on to the next topic, Mike. Uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk dynasty wide receivers here as the show goes on. I like that. Again, I like that group there. That Cotchery, Vincent Jackson, Anthony Gonzalez. If you can get your hands on one of those guys. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Jackson and Eddie Royal right now, their values are through the roof because owners that grabbed them last year in a draft, they were rewarded as great as they could be. So when you have that happen, these guys that draft guys like Deshaun Jackson and Eddie Royal and they just made out like bandits last year, they have an attachment, an emotional attachment to these guys where you would have to pay such a price to get them. It's, it's obscene, okay? Well, Those stop, are guys you, you know, really can't target. No, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, my first uh, redraft, uh, my rookie draft, uh, this this first year, it, it was a lot of fun because uh, I got an attachment to uh, two players that I was very lucky to uh, to get a hold of to draft and be part of my team in one of my dynasty leagues, and that was uh, Tim Hightower and Steve Slayton. There's no way I'm going to let them go because I worked hard to uh, scope them out and uh, get them. And I got them last year. And so I totally understand exactly what you're saying uh, to all the dynasty owners out there. You know, when you work hard to get a, a pick like a Deshaun Jackson, uh, a Tim Hightower, 
uh, steep slating, and and it comes to fruition, you know, hang on to them, hang on to them, and uh, just let everybody else just kind of wonder, like, man, I should have got that. Yeah. Well, I like that's why I kind of like what you talked about Lance Moore earlier. He's a guy that if you have faith in him to stay in New Orleans, uh, the price you're going to pay for him is probably a reasonable price, and he could perform again. You know, if Brees is there, he could perform again. You could have you a nice top 15 performer for the year and pay a top 30 price. That's a guy that I kind of like when you said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd like to see those kinds of moves. Um, you know, I think everybody was expecting more out of Cotri this year. Here's another name that kind of is, is one of those up or down guys. Give me the nod, yes or no, thumbs up, thumbs down, because Owens may not be there next year. What do you think about Roy Williams? Roy Williams. I, you know, I'm going to go uh, thumbs down on that. I'm going to go thumbs down. The reason I am is because I think Dallas is going to commit to the run more than they ever have before. They've got too many weapons with Barber and Tashar Choice to not do the run. They've got to commit to the run. Uh, Roy Williams, he might be good for a touchdown every third game. Uh, and that's about all I see out of Roy Williams. Even if, even if T.O. is gone, Patrick Creighton is going to fill in just fine. Hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not that high on Roy Williams right now. Well, he's still young. He's, you know, he's 27. You've still got like a five or six, seven, eight years to to play with Roy. I would say probably closer to six years. And he's got Romo there. So I know it's Witten's team, but. You know, he really didn't have a chance to gel with that team because it was still Witten and Owens, you know, and things were rolling yeah. there. Roy comes in. He really hasn't had a shot. I think he's a good buy low because you're going to get him low and you have a big upside. So I'm looking for upside. This is a this is a classic Alex Kaganowski sure. value play. Uh, it, it's somebody you're going to get low, but you have a lot of upside that nobody's really talking about right now. So I've got him in, a, in one of my leagues, and, a, and he's a hold for me. But uh, if you can if you can pay a price um, like a Bernard Barian or a Heinz Ward or, or, or maybe even an Antonio Bryant, uh, I might I might be willing to pull off of him just 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 to get uh, an upside. I don't know if I pull off Bryant. Bryant's been one of those guys. Maybe a Santana Moss, you know, I throw in there. Or I might try to do inner inner. What about uh, a Vincent Jackson? Position. I'm probably gonna hold on. I'm probably gonna hold Vince. Probably going to hold Vince because Rivers is throwing that ball around too much, and he's Vince is really rounding into form. He's only 26 years of age, and you know Vince Vince is a good deep ball guy. So, yep. all right, let's move on, guys. We're going to go top free agents in the NFL this year. This is an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to run the list. You tell me who you want to talk about here, Mike. Top free agents at quarterback: Kurt Warner, Kerry Collins, Jeff Garcia, Rex Grossman, Kyle Bowler. Uh, Byron Leftwich, J.P. Losman, J.T. O'Sullivan, and David Carr. That's it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to touch on two right now. Uh, obviously, Kurt Warner. Uh, he's going to be a free agent, and I, I really believe with the season that they had, uh, he's got to come back. He's already yeah. said that uh, it's predicated on what uh, Anqua Bowden does. I don't buy that. I don't buy that one bit, but uh, I think Anquan Bowden's going to come back. I think Kurt Warner's going to come back, and uh, I really see this team gelling. Even though, even though they've gone through uh, some tough times as far as uh, losing their offensive coordinator, 
Yeah. Uh, defense I coordinator. I mean, there's there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, but uh, let's face it, Arizona. What a great year they had. Yeah. Um, yeah Warner's not going anywhere. What's what's the next name on your list? J T O Sullivan. J T O Sullivan. Okay. All right. J T O Sullivan. Uh, I know Singletary. I mean, he's happy. He's happy with what he's got, but uh, this guy has too much. He showed me in uh, a couple of preseason games last year, he showed me a lot. Uh, presence, and uh, his, his arm was really good. So J.T. O'Sullivan just kind of stands out. Garcia does nothing. Uh, yeah, Kyle Bowler. Bowler. Yeah. No. Yeah. Very, very weak. Just, Weak free agent class this year for for quarterbacks after Warner. It, once Warner signs with Arizona to a big fat contract, there's nothing really else out there for you. No, agent. there really isn't. And just to reach for one, that's why I was throwing uh, J.T. O'Sullivan uh, just in case uh, of an injury. Wow, <laughs> that's basically it, Scott. <laughs> we got waiver junkies in the chat room saying he sees Warner going to KC and that new coaching regime there. That would be something else, man. Let's move on to running backs. Uh, we had a free agent earlier today that I have to take off the list. He was at the top of my list, Brandon Jacobs. He has been franchised by the New York Giants. So uh, we've we got to take that name off the list. So we start at the top. We go Darren Sproles. Uh, give me a couple names here. Derek Ward, Dominic Rhodes, Mo Morris, Ricky Williams, J.J. Arrington, Cedric Benson, Rudy Johnson, Carell Buckhalter. Mike, Sproles and Ward at the top of the list. Yeah, I know, man. That's two studs there that can uh, make things happen for uh, no no matter what team they go to. Uh, Darren Sproles, I, I, he's gonna he's gonna stay in San Diego. I mean, I I really believe that. Uh, mm. But uh, Derek Ward, he's going Derek somewhere Ward. else, and I don't know where it may be, but he is going somewhere else. Uh, Dominic Rhodes, who knows? Uh, Cedric Benson. Well, you and I, we've had that discussion about Cedric before, but uh, I, you know, I really think Darren Sproles is going to stay right there because he knows that LT has what one two years left. Of course, we've been saying that for one or two years, but um, Sproles is a solid back, but he still there's a couple of things that he probably needs to learn, just like anybody coming through any system. And whatever you do, you still need to learn the nuances. To make it better, and uh, I just I think Darren Sproles is going to stay where he is, and but Derek Ward is very interesting. What do you think on Derek Ward, Scott? Where where might he go? Well, I like Derek Ward a lot, and and Dave Gerzak in here in the chat room. I know you like this. Uh, Dave, Derek Ward had 41 receptions last year for 400 yards in part-time duty. He also had 182 yards and broke the thousand-yard Seattle. On, on running backs. So, uh, you know, Seattle would be a great fit for him. He averaged five, Seattle, it just hit me. 5.6 yards a carry. Uh, you know, so this is a guy, you know, if Sproles stays in San Diego, you've only got so many teams looking for running back help. And, you know, the first one that comes to my mind, yeah, Seattle's, Seattle's definitely up at the top of the list. Wow. Cleveland, and, and, and another thing, Cleveland. But, but old in Cleveland. But I tell you what, Scott, I'm sorry to interrupt, but – San Diego will not make the same mistake they made with Michael Turner. They're going to keep Sproles. They will not make that same mistake. They will not let Turner or they will not let Sproles go the way they let Turner go. So uh, 
would but say, LT will still yeah. be there, right? LT, LT stays in San Diego yeah. and, and just works, yeah. works along with Scrolls and kind of compliments him. Yep. All right, so let's look here. I got Cleveland, you know, with Jamal Lewis kind of fading into the background. I could see a Ward ended up in Cleveland with a new coach there, giving Derek Ward a chance. Uh, as I look through the rest of the teams, though, I'm getting to Denver, and that's just a nightmare for everybody. Uh, I keep scrolling down. I'm already in the NFC. There's nobody else in the AFC. You go through the NFC here. Travis Henry. Yeah, you go through the NFC, and I'm looking, and I don't see another team that needs running back help. I get to Tampa Bay. Uh, There's a squad. So you got Tampa Bay and Seattle uh, and Arizona. That's it. Those are the only teams that could really use Derek Ward. So his his options are going to be very limited. Tampa Bay, Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. There's only four teams that they're going to end up on. Oh, that's, well, let's throw let's throw them in there. Yeah, let's throw Cincy in there too. Let's throw Cincy in there too because you know I think they're going to probably stick with Benson just because I don't think they they have Super Bowl aspirations. That that coach has just really ran him into the ground. But okay, yeah. let's move on to wide receivers. That was a weak running back class, but at the top, you know, you got a couple of guys there. At the top of wide receivers, Hushmanzada. We already talked about. You thought the running back class was weak. Listen to this, Bobby Ingram. Devery Henderson, Sean McDonald, Hank Basket, Amani Toomer. Ugh. Mm. Nothing you in water. You, got, you got the geriatric crew and who? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Ingram Ingram is 100 years old by now. I mean, come on. Like, just, uh, no, come on. Give him a break. Just, he, he enjoyed his 97th birthday last week. <laughs> well, you can't you can't look at guys like that. I mean, it. You know, I'm, I'm Bobby Ingram's 37, 37 years old, and, and there's just absolutely no value there. I'm, I'm looking for guys like instead of an Ingram that's, that's going to play. I'm, I'm taking guys that you know I'm going to take a chance on. I'm going to take a chance on an early Doucette or a Lima Sweet or David. Robert Meacham. Uh, Devin Thomas is a guy that's a sleeper. Yeah. That guy didn't really get to play. You know, uh, Kevin what about Walter, James another, Jones. Kevin Walter, another dynasty guy that I just love to have on my squad right now to compliment Andre Johnson. I mean, that that team. James Jones, Jordy Nelson, yeah, Green Bay targets, anything like yeah. that. Because once Driver's gone, one of those guys is going to step up. I like Jordy personally, but I'm not going to reveal all my sleepers here. At tight end, Owen Daniels and L.J. Smith. Those are the only guys in uh, at tight end that uh, would even be worth it. And, and, if, and if Houston doesn't re-sign Owen Daniels, they're, they're silly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, when you compare Owen Daniels, L.J. Smith, uh, you know, you're talking about age again. Uh, Owen yeah. Daniels is a lot younger, and uh, there's so many things that can happen with this guy. And yeah. uh, I would ten times rather have Owen Daniels versus L.J. Smith. Now, I like Owen Daniels a lot. Matter of fact, he feels a lot safer to me than a Kellen Winslow with, with just about the same amount of upside anymore. I mean, the fact that Winslow's had all these problems and – you know, I know Brady Quinn loves the tight end, so that kind of tempers me a little bit and puts Winslow back where he belongs now. But uh, man, just such a, a weak, a weak free agent class. So it is. That brings, it me, is. That brings me to my Jets quarterback situation. Obviously, All I'm right. a Jets fan. Everybody knows it. And uh, I've got, I've got. Here, here's my solutions. You've only got, you've got your your players on your team. Let me break these guys down because I'm a Jets fan. You got Kellen Clemens, five touchdowns, eleven interceptions. He's not your answer. That's that's his career. Five TDs, eleven picks. You've got you've got Brett Ratliff, who many people say passed Clemens on the depth chart last year. If Favre was to go down, if Favre were to go down, 
Brett Ratliff in a preseason game against the Browns threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns, and he kind of got everybody kind of saying, okay, we've got a backup plan here. Uh, and then the rookie from Tennessee, these are the only three backs on the roster for the Jets. Eric Ainge, the rookie from Tennessee, uh, he got a foot injury early on, put him on IR, and he was a, and he was uh, implemented in steroids, so he had a four-week suspension. You can't have a worse rookie season than having a foot injury, going on IR, and then uh, testing positive <laughs> for steroids. That's just a terrible first year for Eric. Hey, Ron. Yeah. So none of those guys are the answer, Mike. Nope. So then you go down to free agents, and we already went over that. Kurt Warner, uh-huh. Collins, Grossman, Leftwich, Garcia, Bowler. I know I who your player is, my brother. Well, I don't want any of those guys. Okay. I know who your player is. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. So then we go to the draft, and we say, okay, is there somebody in the draft? I got Mark Sanchez from USC. Uh, if he's there, he was only one year as a starter. He declared for the draft as a junior. Um, don't make another poor draft decision, Jets, please. Exactly. That's my fear. You got Stafford, who won't be there. We already talked about him. And then you got this Josh Freeman kid from K-State. I mean, he had 14 rushing touchdowns, he 44 touchdowns, 36 picks in three years. I mean, he's looking like a late first, early second pick. I sure wouldn't rush, uh, risk my, 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 my draft on Josh Freeman. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at the whole Pennington situation. I'm, 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 I'm kind of glad Favre's gone. It was a fun experiment as a Jets fan to kind of get some hype and some excitement. But, if he wasn't committed to the training camp and, and being there with the guys, I didn't want him back. And and so you've got this decision that was made with Pennington. He looks like a superstar in Miami. And so my, many people would think I might regret that. But, look, Pennington doesn't, didn't have a strong enough arm to play in the Meadowlands. The Meadowlands, you've got a lot of wind. You've got to have a strong cannon of an arm to play in the Meadowlands. And so that's why Pennington would never work out in New York long term. And, and he sat there and thrived in Miami. So good for him. I'm, I'm glad to see that for Chad. But, Mike, that puts us into a trade scenario for the Jets. Uh-huh. And, and what, they're, they're saving, the Jets are saving a lot of money on the cap because Brett Favre not coming back. So what do you so got? Here's, the, here, here's a list of five guys that I'm going to give you, and you tell me which one you think the Jets trade for. I've got five guys here. I've got – Derek Anderson of the Browns. I've got Chris Sims from Tennessee, which they absolutely love. They're raving about the kid. Donovan McNabb of the Eagles. Matt Castle of the Patriots in division. I don't see that happening. And then you've got the story of today, Michael Vick from Atlanta. Which of those five okay. could you see in a Jets uniform? Real simple, real simple. Uh, Michael Vick, no. Uh, <laughs> Matt Castle, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Bill Belichick, he's going to he's going to make that stronghold that just in case Tom Brady doesn't come along as he's expected to, you never know. It's always good to have that. They put that franchise tag and uh, Castle. He had a great year last year, so he's going to, he's going to stick with him. Donovan McNabb is going nowhere other okay. than the Super Bowl. Um, okay. <laughs> What, 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 let's see, we got uh, Derek uh, we Anderson. Got Chris, and, Sam, Chris Sims and Derek Anderson. All right, Chris Sims out. Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson is your play. Uh, he's had a, he had a great year in uh, 07 last year. 
rough, very rough. You know, he went through a couple of times where he just wasn't getting it done. But then again, it's kind of tough when you, you know, you take the snap, you drop three, five steps back, and uh, you got eight people looking at you. So that's that's going to make it kind of tough. I, I think it's uh, I think it's Derek Anderson in uh, in New York. I think he throws the ball well enough, and uh, there's no doubt about it that uh, New York has made a commitment to the run. That they've already said that that uh, Thomas Jones is going to be. You know, I, I can see Thomas Jones at 30 carries a game. Yeah. This guy is going to get the ball a ton, and uh, when you throw in uh, Jer- Jericho Cotchery. With uh, Derek Anderson, I think that is a dynamic combo. Okay, I can I can live with that. And we're going to bring on a caller from the eight one two. It's the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> doctor How y'all Dish. doing tonight? Hey, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Dish? We, we're looking for a quarterback for the Jets. I gave you a lot of scenarios here. What do you, uh, somebody just mentioned in the chat room? Uh, waiver junkies. He he says Vince Young needs to go to the Jets. What do you think? <laughs> You know, I, the guy's got more talent, uh, just natural raw talent, if he can just get his uh, emotions and whatever's going on in his head straightened out, you know. Uh, I, you know, I think the kid can play. I don't uh, I don't know. There's a reason Tennessee benched him this year, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, in, in my opinion. New York's got to go with yeah. somebody, you know, and he's just had enough experience, I think, to – uh, I think I, I don't know. He might really be a good fit in, in New York for Jets. Well, in my opinion, Neil, the the way the NFL has gone about uh, when, when Vince Young was first drafted, it was like the slashing type quarterback uh, that was kind of uh, attractive. And uh, right now, it's not. It, it, it's just not because. Well, what do you What do you all think? Do you all think uh, they're in position? They could spend a high draft pick on a quarterback this year. One of these ones coming out from like Stafford or. No, well, in my opinion, what like what the Jets could do, they could uh, first off they saved a lot of money because uh, Brett Favre retired, so yeah. that's that, that that's the number one right. thing. Uh, they can go ahead. Too. They can go ahead and get Anderson. What's Anderson? What is he? 24, 25, I mean, this kid is young, and he, he is proven in a bad system, in my opinion. Playing for Cleveland, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not very good. And uh, two years ago, uh, not last year, but the year before last, uh, they were very proven, albeit against a weak schedule. But yeah. still, they were, they, they were proven to get things done, and uh, they had to put it on Anderson's shoulders, and Anderson did it. Uh, well, Mike, for, given, just for your information, he's 26 years of age, and they signed him to a fat contract through 2010, so somebody has to pick up that fat contract. Well, I, I agree with so, that. I think they have to get him. If they're not going to use him, they're gonna, if they're not counting on him to be the future in Tennessee, they're going to have to move that boy. Well, I think I think versus uh, Derek Anderson versus what Brett Favre was going to make next year, there's a big difference. I don't know. You yeah, can check that, that out, Scott, but I think there yeah. is a big difference on that. Well, well, we'll have to take a look at that because that's uh, that's a big contract to bring on, and, and I know uh, I don't know. I've seen some mock drafts with the Jets landing. I'd love to see uh, Tebow go there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, they're going to probably look at continuing to to keep that offense, that defense. You know, the defense that we picked up, the Jets. They they went after older free agents. 
you're going to have to get that get some youth into that defense and and a 3-4 team can't ever have enough, you know, defensive ends. So they're looking at Tyson Jackson of LSU possibly. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a 3-4 defense and 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 right. we can, we can look at a running back, I, I know, but I, you know, there's just a lot of different options there. Um that the Jets could go. And, and I'll tell you, I think, to be honest with you, they're probably going to look at Clemens and Ratliff and Camp, and they're going to say, okay, uh, we might get one in the draft late if one of them slips in the draft, but we're probably just going to go with Ratliff and see what he can do. But, man, you've got a team ready for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl or bust, and, and, and a new coach, Rex Ryan, that has seen with Joe Flacco, uh, he has seen, he's not afraid to pull the trigger on a rookie. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking at, at one of these guys, and if they decide to trade up, you may, you may yeah. see a draft day trade. Well, I know that, Scott, but I, these things, uh, they don't happen very often. The Flacco's, the Matt Ryan's, they do not happen very often, in my opinion. And, I mean, when was the last time? Jamarcus Russell, okay, he was going to be the end on bio. Didn't happen. I mean, most of the times, it doesn't happen. The times that it happens is when you have a – you know, kind of a fresh coach, what the Jets have. Uh, so there is a possibility there. But most of the times it happens with a fresh fresh coach and a uh, just a stable organization. And I just don't see the Jets going and using one of their big draft picks for a quarterback. I just don't see it happening. You have to do it sometime. Yeah, you know, you see it. I saw it the year that uh... – when Denver traded up to get Jay Cutler, I said, oh, there was our chance yeah. right there. We we had a chance to take him at that point. We we could have taken Liner. We could have taken Cutler. We could have taken any of those guys, and we said, no, nah, we're going to pass. We see Kellen Clemens coming later. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Have a, I want one day, one draft where just something where it goes right and you get the guy that you know you can catch. <laughs> the year we- <laughs> I, I agree with you, Scott. That, uh, that, you know, Flacco and Sims proved it this year, you know, and they stepped right in the first year. That's, that's almost unheard of, you know. And uh, with the big arm, both of them got big arms. And they got the they're, – they're smart enough and had enough experience well, they could step in there and do well, it. Well, another thing, too, with uh, Flacco and Baltimore and uh, – you know, I, I think Flacco is a is a very good quarterback, but uh, they went what uh, five and uh, or four and twelve or five and eleven the year before, yeah. so they got an easier schedule. So we'll see what happens this year when they got a lot tougher schedule. I mean, you that's know, something I'm, you got to you got to go into play. I'm praying to the NFL gods this year. What I'd love to see, what 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 I'd love to see, is Tom Brady come back nice and healthy, throwing touchdown after touchdown in the preseason, looking great. In camp. Castle goes to the Jets, and Belichick just just has a heart for once in his life, and he says, "You know what? I'm not afraid of the Jets," and he gives them an opportunity. I don't he see it happening. It's a pipe dream. <laughs> But uh, I'd love to see something like that. Matter of fact, you know what? I'll go on record right now. I'll say it. I'll take Tyler Thigpen, man. Give me Tyler Thigpen yeah. from Kansas City. I like what I saw from that kid. And if they're going to bring in somebody new and they don't like what they have in Thigpen, I'll take him. We got two minutes to make a trade. Hmm. All right, Mike. Well, uh, let me pull up the hyperactive <laughs> league here. Um, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you see? I'll see, see my uh, – I'll see my trade that I'm going to try to make with uh, another owner. Who do you have on the block? Reggie Wayne. You got Reggie Wayne on the block. Okay, so I'm going to scour my squad, 
And I told you I had Husmanzada there, and you kind of liked that that offer when we brought it up. Hoos and Jamal. And, and I had to throw in Jamal Charles from KC. If I'm going to do that, though, I'm going to need something, a little, just another flyer running back. And I don't see any, let's see, see Lindale White, uh, Brandon Jacobs, Hightower. Hightower's a flyer, but. Uh, Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. I work too hard to get Hightower and Slayton. Don't even talk, don't even go to Slayton. Okay. All right. I think we ought to. I think. Well, you know what? We're not going to have time to pull the trade. We'll try Thanks, to do it next it. week, gang. Well, we'll next week we we'll have to make a trade. Red versus blue. Stick around, folks. We're going to we're going to talk Louisville and Kentucky basketball right after this. I hate Listening to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Man, it was a fun show, Mike. That hour goes by too flat, too fast. Uh, we're on Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with with overtime. This is overtime. We like to do this and pull up uh, Louisville and Kentucky basketball. Uh, we're going to get hot and heavy into the, the college basketball as this hoop season gets into March Madness. Uh, we'll be doing a one-hour straight of Louisville and Kentucky and college basketball. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, Mike, after a big start to the week to the Wildcats, we had a big downer of a week for the Cardinals. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, we, I think we both saw that game coming. Um, Notre Dame needed it bad. They needed it real bad. Uh, when you're dealing with a uh, conference like the Big East with that many teams, you're going on the road over and over again to uh, a very good school that uh, that plays very good ball. It's 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 hard to uh, it's hard to overcome all the obstacles that are in front of you. Uh, for instance, uh, Notre Dame. No, they weren't ranked, but they were. Uh, they were going on their uh, worst losing streak that they've ever been through. They were and, due. Yeah, they were due, and you know 
there is no doubt in my mind, Louisville, they could have played the best possible game ever and probably not have won that game. Because destiny, whatever you know, you can you can put all the all the adjectives or whatever you want to, but uh, Louisville was not going to win that game. And uh, you kind of sent me a text, and uh, you know, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, you know, this is a tough game. So you throw that out, you keep on moving on. I mean, this is February thirteenth. I mean, a whole month and a half will determine the national champion. So you throw that game out. I know Rick Pitino, he, he made it public that he was upset with the way his team practiced and played that night. But those yeah. things happen. You move on and uh, just, you know, the next thing's going to be better. Yeah, Mike, he specifically, he specifically called out the upperclassmen saying that they didn't practice well and, they, and he knew that they didn't play very – or they didn't practice very hard all week and they haven't been listening to him. He, he kind of went off on them and, and put his foot down. And Dr. Dish, 90 to 57, 33 points. Um, and Heron Goody going nuts. What, what happened? Yeah. I, I, the biggest thing I think on a team, you know, they're, they're, re, they're, they're using a lot of the second team all game. T wheels playing with an equivalent they say of a hard cast on his shooting hand, you know, and he just like I don't know if it's a sprained wrist or a broken bone or what. It must not be broken. He would play a hard cast on it, but he just ain't the same, uh, you know. And he's the kind of the go-to guy, the leader on a team that makes the drives and the pat cuts, cuts and the dish outs and uh, just everything about his game. He sets the he sets the tempo for the whole team, you know. And if he can't do it, somebody else has got to do it. I just think they ain't adjusted to it, you know. Well, earlier this year when T. Will didn't bring it, it was Earl Clark that was bringing it. But with with him not doing it either, uh, yeah. you know, you've got to you have every once in a while a big game from Jerry Smith and a shooting. Uh, but he's been off again and on again. Preston Knowles was a spark plug there for a while. Well, and I tell you, that Notre Dame team, they Bob Knight said it best. It looked like Louisville came like to play and Notre Dame came to win. You know, they yeah. lost seven in a row and just was. Uh, just brought their game, much like that game tonight. West Virginia uh, kicked the hell out of Villanova, yeah. you know. Yeah, they well, did. Well, uh, West Virginia was they were definitely ready, and Villanova was not. I saw portions. And that's the way the Big East is, right? You can't. You yep. got to be ready to, and you got to bring it. You just can't go out there and go through the motions. It's not. And well, and the thing is, Louisville has all the pieces. I'm not doubting their talent. I am doubting their chemistry because what I see is a team that struggles. And then I see individuals try to take it on their back, and they and they run down. And, and when you need a basket, and you need to set and run a play, like Bob Knight said, run a play. Yeah. You're coming down, you're down 10, yeah. 12, 13 yeah, exactly. points. You come down the court, and instead of running a play, you just come down there and take a wild shot because you feel like you got to put them on your back. But don't you and think I that's Patino's fault too? I mean, I kind of blame that a little bit on Patino too. I kind of totally agree. Out and, uh, you know, when I, when the momentum shifts like that and you're on the road, uh, I mean, he did use a lot of timeouts like that, but he don't. It didn't seem like it got through to him. You know, they they had such a mixed chemistry of uh, players coming out on the tip of the floor too. I mean, they didn't act like they knew where they were supposed to be. Well, and when they shot the shot, they'd be all around the perimeter and nobody under. You know. And you'd see five well, Neil, Neil, arms underneath there. Wasn't it? it was out just, uh, 48 to 28 in that I game. mean, I didn't get to see the game. Uh, I saw the final okay. score, and then I saw the uh, highlights when I got home. Uh, from what I saw, 
the game was really not in question from the 15-minute point. Uh, yeah, Louisville got 19 on. points the first half. You know, again, that was they did it. The so same that's second. when that's when you that's when you roll up your sleeve and you say, okay, this game is done. No big deal. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, I've been through it as a Kentucky fan many a time. No well, big deal. Let's, let's be done with it. Uh, this is a chance for me to throw in guys here in different situations. And that's what he did. So it could be situational stuff. Yeah, Patino went help in half time and he kept the team in there the whole halftime. They didn't even get warm up. He brought, kept them in there, chewing them out the whole halftime. And when they come out, you know, instead of responding, uh, Notre Dame come out and man, they responded, you know, and they were just they just uh, never did get into the game. And I mean, it was a whipping all well, all game. It was one of them games. It, it was something that had been bubbling up in Notre Dame for a while. They 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 haven't had that that streak mm-hmm. going. So you knew that those and shots were just going to fall. Win, yeah. They they were falling from all directions. And and remember when you saw that tip shot where he didn't even try to shoot the ball and it kind of went in anyway. You know, you're like, okay, everything is falling in for him. But if I if I can just say something for a second, guys, and and then Mike, I want to talk about Kentucky because they had a huge win. But what I see from Rick Pitino ever since he's been back to Louisville, great coach. Okay, he's still Rick Pitino, yeah. and he still applies the pressure defense like no other coach. Okay, I'm not going to discount that. What I see though, and Mike, I want you to respond. I see okay. Rick Pitino as an NBA coach treating college players as NBA players. And then just applying the pressure defense. Ah, that's true. I think that's true. Um, I do, and the only reason I say that is because uh, they do apply the pressure defense. Uh, but you can't get NBA. You can't get NBA players to pr- apply the pressure defense all game because they get wore out. No, that's why no, it didn't work in That that's that's not going to happen. Uh, what people fail to realize is Rick Pitino, he was fairly successful with the Knicks. And uh, <laughs> he, he made things work with the Knicks. They run, oh, Knicks, yeah, okay, right. I was going to say Boston. They um, what I'm seeing right now with this team is one bad loss. This team has a, 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 a ton of chances. And, and I mean that because... They have defense. Yeah. When they're playing on their game, their defense is one of the yeah. best I've ever seen. I'm uh, down on them. I'm down on them just stop. because I don't see well, the offense. Well, 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 you ought to be. You ought to be. They got, they got beat down. They I got beat bad. But against the ball. I really look for a game. good game. But they still, I think without, without uh, T. Will at his best, I mean, until he gets healthy, they, somebody else has to step up. I mean, they hadn't it proved it. They've been so good. Well, been. all right. Well, let me segue into Clark, a team. I, that, I don't think Clark can do it myself. Uh, let me. I'm gonna segue into a team that needs uh, some help. Uh, Kentucky. All right. You know, I'm talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm watching uh, Jody Meeks and Patrick Patterson pretty much carry this team uh, over and over and over again, and. Uh, it's fun watching Jody play. It's fun watching Patrick play. But, uh, you know, I was impressed Kentucky I has to have somebody else step up. And the, and the fact of the matter is, if they were in the Big East, this would be an ugly situation. Oh, but okay. we're in the SEC right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, they, they, uh, they faced uh, Florida and uh, got, through, uh, got through that win. Uh, but uh, I do want to say uh, Nick Lathus is a great player. Oh, yeah, I like that. 
won the oh, best. Man. That was a big that win guy. for Kentucky. Oh. I mean, that's still that was a big win over that. That's who they need. That was they they come through when they had to. And I was impressed with him. I was impressed with that Galloway in that game. And I thought, who's uh, this guy? Kevin Galloway. Yeah, Kevin Galloway. All year? I mean, he may be the piece that gets you all going here. That, well, that could be Neil, and yeah. that's what we're looking for. Really you know, I've been, I've been, I've been harping on uh, DeAndre Liggins being the guy, and apparently he he's probably not going to be the guy. But uh, Kevin Galloway, he's a JUCO and uh, JUCO transfer, mm-hmm. and he's he, he's doing well. And but uh, you know, we got to continue to have guys like uh, Perry Stevenson, uh, Galloway to step up because. Yeah. If if Meeks and uh, Steve or uh, Patterson, I mean, if they're in trouble as far as fouls or whatever, then uh, we've got a big problem. What about but that last the, shot the other night though against Florida? I thought that was as big as yeah. a shot. Ugly, but sure. well, I didn't see it until I got home from work, oh and uh, I got a couple yeah, of touches. Uh, and... a flat line <laughs> shot. One... Hello. His face too, you know. Yep. Yeah, Galloway is interesting. Uh, you know, the fact that he's only averaged 12 minutes a game all year, and then he comes yeah. in this game and plays a solid 30 minutes before fouling out. This guy yeah. had eight rebounds and nine assists, and, you know, yeah. that's what, that, yeah, it's not the scoring. It's it's the all-around game that you're really looking for to complement Patterson and Meeks. And I tell you, I, as a Louisville fan, I, you know, I'm not sitting here rooting for Kentucky. I'm rooting for Florida to pull this off any way they can. But sure. I'm sure. seeing Meeks. I'm seeing Meeks make these shots that just are like inspiring, and it's like, man, he comes down there, and everybody says, just give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball, and let him shoot it. And he wasn't on. This is a game where Meeks hadn't hit nothing all game. Okay, he was like 0 for 7 from the three point line. And he hits three of them when it counts in the final. He couple had to minutes. hit that one, or they lose. You know that's what I said. Or they lose, and he hit it. They took the lead, and I thought, good gosh, what? Yep. So it's nice to see. It's nice to see. Uh, you know them come through and get their win. And I was uh, that Nick Calathes dude. When he gets on the line like that, I'm like, okay, he's yeah, look he's got to make these, yeah. and he misses the first one, and it's like, okay, well, it's over, and he misses the second one too, but. Uh, Kentucky on the schedule, they've got Arkansas, lost eight of their last nine, and then at yep. Vandy, a team that's won three straight. So if you can get you a couple of wins here, uh, you can see Kentucky uh, try to turn things back around and maybe you could come back yeah. in the top 25. That's what we're going to need. We're going to need a uh, big day tomorrow against Arkansas. Uh, and then, of course, at Vandy, which they they hate playing there. Uh, and then coming down the stretch, uh, Tennessee at home. And then uh, at South Carolina, which redemption needs to happen. And then LSU, Georgia, both at home. And then at Florida, round out the year. Uh, we, you know, we, I'm, I hate using that term. Uh, Kentucky needs to, uh, they need to win, I'd say, five out of those. Well, we'll see. Louisville, on the other hand, uh, Dr. Dish, they get a three-game three stretch here next week. Uh, so, you know, we're going to drop in the rankings, but, We'll have a three-game stretch next week to say, can you beat the teams you're supposed to beat right. when we have DePaul, at Cincy, and Providence on Wednesday. Don't underestimate so we have DePaul, that Providence, Cincy and team. Cincy. Don't underestimate that Cincy team. I've watched them play too many times. And Cincy, Cincy, Louisville is like Memphis, Louisville, or Kentucky, Louisville. You know, those True. teams are, are, are like rivalry games, and they always come to play. I feel sorry for all three teams you just mentioned, Scott, <laughs> after what happened. 
Well, I yesterday. hope we can do it against DePaul. That's the one I'm yeah, hoping. We, we, them one at a time against this league, so you really got you got to bring it every game. As poor as our offense has been the last three games, guys, yeah. we need a stretch like this to uh, and, and really just to handle business. So hopefully, I don't it works care out. about the point win, but I don't care as long as it's a win. But get the confidence hey. up and uh, things things that happen for them. I mean, I yeah. you know I I keep talking and you know I'm not full of crap. Uh, Lobo is you know. They're still my top three with uh, UConn and North Carolina. They're a very good team. Uh, they just got to, you know, make free throws and do the simple things. Yeah, not do the crazy shots there. like you guys have said. Mike, at uh, UConn, now they lost Dyson maybe for the year uh, last night, well, the other night. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's really going to hurt them. I, I mean, he was one of the, he's one of the keys to their team. I think this is going to be a completely different team. Well, in, in that, they said he will set out uh, – Usman Zada said he will set out workouts if he is franchised. Well, there you go. There you have it. Guys, this has been a great show. We've enjoyed it. Uh, we're, we're already past our double overtime, so we've got to go. Well, we got through a Friday, Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's true. Friday the 13th, <laughs> we had Jermaine O'Neal traded to the Heat, Sean Marion to the Raptors. That was kind of a big deal. Hey, that's a and, good trade, uh, I think, for the Heat. They get... Other than that, it's been uh, – It's. I think we covered everything we wanted to cover tonight. So, for uh, Dr. Great Dish, show, Scott. And, and uh, Mike, Thanks, uh, Trent, That's okay. yeah, we had a great show, and we'll be back next Friday night to talk uh, everything fantasy football and Louisville and Kentucky basketball. Uh, this has been Red vs. Blue. So long, gang. Bye, guys. Creation, my whole situation.
anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. All I have to do is think of me, and I have peace of mind. Tired of looking back, wondering what I gotta do. Who I'm supposed to be? I don't wanna be anything other than me. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on.